Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Now, now, from the Fan Sports Desk, a Sports Center update on 1080 The Fan. First on the fan, following a nine-point loss in Toronto for Game 1 of the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors will be without Kevin Durant for Game 2, but after a clean MRI for the Warriors, uh, we'll have a hobbling Andre Iguodala available, but not at 100% after tweaking his calf once again in Game 1. As for Durant, he is going through individual workouts, but has yet to practice with the team a pre-wet prerequisite to play given by head coach Steve Kerr, meaning the pressure to steal game two on the road and avoid an 0-2 hole in the series is on Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and possibly most important of all, Draymond Green, who will need to be a little bit more efficient scoring for Golden State to even the series. The Raptors and Warriors will tip off from Toronto at 5 p.m. on ABC. can also be heard right here on the fan pregame at 4. Saturday night, Donald Trump tweeted he will be giving former L.A. Laker and Pro Basketball Hall of Famer Jerry West uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom for an outstanding career on the and off the court. This is the nation's highest civilian honor. Trump has already honored Tiger Woods in May following his first major in 11 years. In the Stanley Cup Finals, after dropping Game 2, the Boston Bruins came back in a big way. Saturday, blitzkrieging St. Louis Blues rookie goalie Jordan Bennington with five goals in uh, going into the third period. Despite the the move, St. Louis fell seven to two in Game Three and will look to rebound and even the series on Thursday. For um, those looking for our traditional ESPN Sunday Night Baseball nightcap, that will be aired on sister station ESPN Portland 910 with the Red Sox trying to avoid being swept on the road by their rivals, the New York Yankees. The Sox will have. David Price on the mound opposite CC Sabathia. Pre-game at three, first pitch at four again on sister station ESPN Portland 910. More sports scores and stories in 30 minutes. I'm Jesse Osman from the Tang of the Fan Sports Desk, Portland Sports Leader. Take the fan with you with the radio.com app. Download it today and listen to us anytime, anywhere. More info at 1080thefan.com. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. I'm going to do it, Rashad. Well, hey. Yeah, see? Well, well, hey. I told you. It you had a catchphrase. Yeah. It's, it's Sunday morning. And Mike and Rashad and Jess here with you till 11 o'clock here on Sports Sunday. Only one of Rashad's headphones work. One of his ears. It's weird. Well, well, what you can do, you realize, is you could take that off of your ear, and then you can hear me through that ear, but also hear me through the headphones in the other ear. Well, then I can't hear the big guy behind the glass. Well, of course you can. You've still got one on your ear. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. 
feels I, like I have a, a plugged ear right, right. over Right, well, that's what I'm saying, is if you take that one off, just do the slide off. There you go. That's perfect. No, I don't like that. Now you can hear me, and it doesn't feel like you have a plugged ear, unless like you it. actually literally have a plugged ear. I'll be honest. I don't like this. All right, I don't well like then, the way it looks. Well then put don't it like back. the way it feels. I'm just trying, go ahead I'm just just go trying to help me. No, that was a great suggestion. That's I'm all just right. saying. I'm just you saying. Know. I just don't like it. Jesse's the pros like to do it this way, but, you know, some... It looks good on you. It just doesn't look the same on me. You, you looking in the mirror you while you're, see what while you're like. Oh, I saw. I saw. I can see. I got a great view of myself in the mirror. Check my hair. Check mm. my eyebrows. All right. Good. Well, <laughs> that was an interesting start to the show today. We have uh, plenty of stuff to get to, but I want to start with. Do we? Yes. There's always stuff to get to. I mean. There's two hours of show. We got we got two hours of stuff to get I to. I mean, we got two hours of, of show for sure, but is there a, really a lot to get to? Like. Don't blow the cover. Yes, I'm not blowing the cover. There's plenty just, to get to, Rashad. I think we all know it's that time of year. It's you know well, officially no. June. Like I, mean, I know, that's the best month of the year. I, I, somebody's got a big uh, B day this month, right? My birthday's this month. My wedding anniversary's in a couple of days. The uh, uh, my wife's birthday is this month. It's a great month. June is a good month. I, I, you know, what? I don't mind June. My little sister was born in June. It's, it's an okay month. End of school for most people, especially here in the Northwest. Yeah. So for you, working in the schools. Hey, man. <laughs> well, see, for me, I don't necessarily get a break, but it is an, a nice break from you know all those students. So I'll the, take it. the daily grind. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we will talk plenty of NBA finals. There's all sorts of little things here and there that we can get into about Kawhi Leonard and how great he is, and about the Warriors without Kevin Durant and. All that stuff. So that will that will be helpful. And Rashad wants to talk about voluntary workouts in the NFL because I guess Freddie Kitchens is all PO'd at Odell Beckham Jr. for not showing up to voluntary workouts, even though the word voluntary is in the name. So we'll get to that as well. We got Hate It or Love It coming up at 1030. And uh, feel free to text us on the Better You Today text line at 55305. And you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And the station is at 1080 the fan and facebook.com slash 1080 the fan is where you'll find some of our social media posts as well. But I wanted to start with brand new Providence Park because yesterday I went to Timbers LAFC and their home opener and got to see the brand new stadium for the first time. And I got to see the Timbers lose 3-2, but it actually was a, a fairly good game. Timbers defense is really bad, but it was a fairly good game. But uh, I, the... I really want to talk about the stadium. It looks really, really nice. It really does. You walk in, all the concourse is renovated. All the restaurants or the, the concession concession stands, I should say, are renovated and new and modern looking. And they brought in more local food in there than, than there had been in the past. There already was local food there, but they added even more in. And then entering the stadium. So for those who have no idea what they did on the east side of the stadium, um, it used to just be one level of stands and it was sunk into the ground a little bit. So you, the end of the stands were at the top of the, or at the sidewalk of um, what, what street is that? Was that, I don't even remember what street that is. 15th, 16th, whatever, whichever one is right behind there. Mm -hmm. And now they put three tiers of stands above that. So it actually feels like an entire full stadium versus having that one side wide open. And it made it louder and obviously it adds seats. I think it was 4,000, 5,000 extra seats that they added. But it just looks good. It looks like a real soccer stadium that is loud and bumping and packed to the gills, which it will be every single home game, as, as is the case with the Timbers. Because the one thing Providence Park needed to be was louder, right? Well, yeah. 
<laughs> you can always get louder, right? I mean, yeah, I, actually, I I'm suppose. Not, I'm not kidding. I got home last night, and I had that post-concert ear ringing thing where you you wake up and it's gone, but when you're falling asleep, you're like, I can't really hear as well out of my ears after today. Well, you also go to like a lot of metal concerts. That's typically why your ears are probably... Well, I don't go to a lot of metal concerts, and I wear earplugs at metal concerts. Do you really? That, for that very reason, yes. Smart. Because I've gone without them before, and it's been like three days of my ears being wrong because it's so loud. So I've, I've worn earplugs at the last couple of metal shows I've gone to, which have helped has helped a lot. But no, I, I had that same feeling. I didn't expect it because I've been to a couple of Timbers games before when it was open, and I never had that experience of the the like post-show deafness. And I had that yesterday, and I, I didn't realize it until much later, but I think it was that much louder because the with the stands, the three tiers up, the sound really bounced back and forth off of them. So the one thing that Oregon residents are really, really good at is making a lot of noise at, you know, sporting events. You look at Austin Stadium, you know, the fact that that goes super crazy in, in there, and, you know, it's hard for opposing offenses to really kind of get things going because they just can't hear the the Moda Center, Rose Guard, you know, that's always rocking. One of the hardest places to play in the NBA. But Providence Park has always been one of those places for the Timbers, really since they've been here, that fans love it and it's loud all the time. The Timbers Army never sits down. It's one of those things. And so to hear that it's louder, that's a little uh, – that's 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 dope that, it, you know, it, they that they can actually do. Because you can hear them. But literally, I don't know how many games that you're just kind of near the park and uh, just maybe downtown, but – Depending on where you are, you can hear the fans, and you can hear them screaming, and you can hear all the stuff from blocks and blocks away. That's downtown, so that's I, super cool. But That's I'm, interesting. I haven't really been over there, I think maybe once oh, yeah. when there was a Timbers game. And obviously, if you're the block behind it, you can hear it. But I haven't been far enough away where I was amazed that you could still No, hear yeah, it. it's, it's, it's pretty cool, like, especially during, the, I think, the playoff run that they that they had at one point. You can definitely <laughs> – you could hear it, like, from – I want to say right around 13th Avenue or something like that. So that's it's it's a pretty far away, but you could still hear everything. So I think it's really cool that they made the upgrades. I used to work at well, number one, Providence Park, formerly known as Civic Stadium here, was and Geldwin Field and PGE yeah. Park. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but before it was that, it was Civic, and that was yes. actually our home football field. And so uh, for high school, really? so it was actually from uh, my freshman year, I believe, until and you my were at sophomore Grant? year, Grant. Yeah. So pretty cool. Don't you guys have a field at Grant? We there is a field, however, there's no lights. Oh, and so oh, okay. because there's no lights, you can only play four o'clock games. And most people, you know, it's hard to get their kids out of school, fifty some odd kids out of school to play a four o'clock game. So there's no lights at Grant. That's the reason we used Civic Stadium. So to, I, and I used to work there, and I worked there for the Beavers, you know, at a point. And oh, so I didn't know that. Yeah, and so um, I remember being young at the beer garden and some of those things. So to, to watch it kind of grow and to watch them make all the renovations and all the changes they've made, it's really cool to go there and see some of those things. And, and especially now to be older, to be able to appreciate and especially having worked there to be like, yeah, this is, this is pretty dope. This text came in. I like the stadium when you could look in from the street. It was one of the features of the stadium that was cool. Yeah. I, I, I liked that. It was interesting. It made it unique and it also made it a little bit more personal feeling, but if you're growing as a league and growing as a team and you've got a waiting list for years and years for season tickets, you kind of need to expand a stadium. No, I, you so know what? It's just kind of, you know that's, what I that's see? what sports is. And you know what I see a lot of teams doing? And I think Toronto has kind of opened uh, the floodgates for a lot of stuff. But the idea of Jurassic Park itself is awesome. You know, and if you look outside the, the Moda Center, you have, at least with Jax, it looks like you had something to kind of 
be able to build some business and things right around there. You put a big screen outside of uh, Providence Park for, for fans to look at, especially those fans that, you know, couldn't get in and just are just passing in the streets, man. That's a whole other party in itself. And especially you start putting some vendors and some other things out there, not, not alcohol because, you know, you can't sell alcohol outside of the outside of the gates. But I think that's another great opportunity. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of NBA teams and a, a lot of, you know, um, uh, soccer clubs that start, man, putting something like that outside just because it's it's going to be a huge draw. You just see how every single week um, or every game for Toronto, they have a, just a packed, you know, outdoor area. It's crazy. That is a good idea. I wonder just the logistics of it in that spot because Max Lines use that road right there. If you close that all down for people to watch it, then that's going to cause massive issues. Oh, yeah. You'd have to figure out to logistically figure out where to put it. Yeah, That was near enough the stadium. I'm not sure if it would actually work in that spot, but that it would be awesome. It'd be a great way to keep the atmosphere coming. Um, also, leaving last night was a disaster. Because <laughs> It's downtown. And that's the, dude, dude, it was the game. It was the Starlight Parade and the Fun Run all getting out at about the same time. Yeah. I was, I was parked in the Pearl. I parked in the morning. I got there at like noon. And I went, I'm just going to leave my car here. It's only $8 for the whole day, by the way, even with the events. Thank you, downtown parking. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to find a good spot, and I'm going to go after the game and just walk down to my car. It took me, I want to say, 40 minutes to leave the garage and get on to 405 26 West. And I was, because you're just stuck. Mm-hmm. And they had, half the roads were closed because of the parade. So they're funneling every single person who's leaving the Timbers game and the Starlight Parade and that run all down like three streets. And I was just sitting there. I'm not kidding. It was it took forever. No. I had never seen it like that. And they, they were warning people about it well in advance that it was going to be really, really bad last night. I mean, I I just I had to get home. No, that's the so one I, day I knew year. I was going to deal with it, but I I was not expecting it to be quite as bad as it was. That's the one day a year, maybe two the two days a year outside of the Grand Floral Parade, where I know I'm not driving downtown. If I got to go anywhere near downtown, I'm getting the max somewhere, and I'll figure it out from there because parking is a disaster. I figured that out when I was like in fourth grade, and I had to get on the number four bus to go home, and it literally took like an hour and a half to, to get through there. But see, the parking so wasn't that bad because, I, like I said, I paid $8. I was in there for like 10 hours. So it was less than a dollar an hour that I paid to park downtown on that day yesterday. But it was just getting out that sucked. And I, I, I did make the strategic right move because I could have gone left or right. And if I went left, I think I would have been squirreling through the city. When right, you just kind of easily got up onto Gleason and got back onto the highway. And I was still sitting there for a long time because everyone was doing that too. But it was not great. Not not a great experience at the end, but I got to listen to more music, I guess. So that was cool. At least the game was good. Yeah, there it was. Um, this text says, you think that looks cool? <laughs> Wait until you're posted up in our MLB stadium with a coldie in four years. Oh, I hope so. That, uh, that's the. Uh, oh, I hope so. That's going to be the, the the greatest ticket of the summer is that, you know, that game that many times. That's going to be awesome. I might be a season ticket holder if that happens. I think a lot of people would want to be season ticket holders. Imagine that. I mean, you don't have to get all the games either. 81 games is the full season ticket, which will probably cost an arm and a leg, but you can get 20 games mm-hmm. and go once a weekend, once every other weekend. And Ditch just work on, you know, the, the, the one o'clock game. Do a random Wednesday like day game. Absolutely. Go, go out to the game. Man. Yeah, that'd be good. You want to talk about that baseball thing? Yeah, why not? It's kind of, it kind of fits, right? Yeah, we not? got plenty of time. Yeah. NBA final still to come. Coming up next. I like that text. Thank you. Um, do you actually feel like the baseball team is going to come to Portland? 
We got another update this last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, that the Portland Diamond Project extended their agreement with Terminal 2 for another six months, I think it was, as they keep trying to do their due diligence, and they're going to pay like $35,000 a month to hold that property while they still try to figure out what Major League Baseball is going to do. Let's talk about that next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So we got a text about just imagine if you like the Providence Park experience last night. I was at the Timbers game last night for their home opener. Just imagine having a cold one at the new baseball stadium in four or five years or whatever it is. And it got me thinking. And a couple of people already texted in that they're happy we're going this route. Before we get there, though, real quick, one text did say, can you describe the end of the game fighting that Swag mentioned on Twitter? This was between the Timbers yeah, yeah, I saw that. and LAFC yesterday. Um, he was looking for highlights and couldn't find anything of the actual skirmish at the end. Remember, I was in the stand, so I was, you know, people were standing and yelling all around me, so I wasn't getting the full picture of it. But basically at the end of the game in typical soccer or football fashion, The team that was winning was trying to kill time. There was a couple of fake injuries. There was a lot of, you know, holding the ball in the corner, which gets just frustration levels high. I don't remember exactly what triggered it. I think there was a bad tackle um, by either the Timbers or LAFC. I can't remember. And they got right up in front of the LAFC coach. And both teams were there shoving each other. Uh, someone looked like they might have elbowed someone in the face because one of the Timbers players went down. But when you're watching soccer, you never know if he's just trying to sell the call if he actually got hit in the face. They actually went to review during the fight. It wasn't a real fight, but during the skirmish, during the pushing and the yelling. And uh, they gave two guys yellow cards. And the Timbers manager, Giovanni Savarese, actually left his side and walked all the way to the other side to Bob Bradley, who's the LAFC manager, and was screaming at him um, and then had to be shuttled back to his side of the field so there's a lot of bad blood i wouldn't call it necessarily a fight it was uh it it was a soccer fight it was a skirmish there was pushing there was shoving there was yelling there was drama there was probably some flopping couldn't really tell from my seat but that's kind of what happened it was skirmish is probably the best yeah it it lasted for a while i can't even call it a scuffle it's a you know it lasted for a good long while so i grabbed each other's jerseys yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, there was large groups of players all in front of the sideline just kind of yelling at each other and being all butthurt about various things. It was it was a very contentious game at the end. It really was. The ref lost control of the game. Probably probably at the start of the second half or the end of the first half, he had absolutely no control over what was happening. There were makeup calls being made, which actually benefited the Timbers in some ways. And then LAFC just went full stall, and they every guy who got hit was down for like three minutes, and it was – that's soccer. That's strategy. It's just frustrating. And I think a lot of players look at it in the MLS in particular as a bad sportsmanship move because you don't see that in U.S. sports quite as often uh, as you would like in European soccer. It's just so. so like, and I get basketball flopping but because there's actually contact, you know, in between there and stuff. But Well, there's a difference between flopping to get a foul call and then flopping and rolling around on the ground to kill five yeah. minutes off the clock. Yeah, it's that's, different. That's, that's, that's weird. That's um, weird. All right. Let's move on to the baseball stuff. And. I'm, I'm curious because I've seen a lot more negativity about this in the last couple of months, which has actually surprised me. But when the Portland Diamond Project started and the MLB to PDX movement really kind of picked up, it felt like 90-10 support versus 
lack of support, at least in our realm of sports radio and, and the listeners of our station, really, really were on board with, with bringing baseball to Portland. And as we've gone down the road, and we've, I think we've actually gotten a lot of good news where they've secured a spot of land. They are talking with Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has mentioned Portland as a city that they could expand to multiple times when asked the question about expansion, or at least he's alluded to it by saying we would need a new team on the West Coast. And what city is open on the West Coast? That's what he. That's kind of what he said. Um, clearly, he means Sacramento. The everything seems to be going with positive momentum. But in order for this to happen, Major League Baseball said, we want to finish dealing with the situations of the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays before we consider expansion. So that gave Portland two options. You either get one of those teams if they decide to leave their city, Oakland or Tampa, or MLB figures out that stuff. They stay in their respective cities, and then they expand by two teams. And then you have a bunch of cities that are trying to get the, including Montreal, Nashville, Charlotte, um, Vegas, other cities that have been interested in getting a baseball team, and of course Portland, are going to go for those expansion teams. Um, it felt in the beginning like one of those two teams was for sure going to leave, and you would get either the A's or the Rays. Now it seems like the A's have their stadium situation figured out, mm-hmm. which in some ways is a good thing because it means you're closer to finding out what's going to happen with MLB to PDX because you're not waiting on them anymore. But the Rays thing is still kind of up in the air because they're not drawing any fans despite the fact that they're second place in the AL East and good this year. Uh, They have a terrible stadium in a terrible location, and their owner seems really fed up with all the pressure from the public to build a new stadium. And he goes, if I build a new stadium and spend all this money, you're going to show up because nobody's showing up to the games now. And there's this thought that he might just want to sell, and that would allow Portland to kind of swoop in if they wanted to and try to get the raise. Uh, but either, either way, if that if that doesn't happen, then you go to the expansion route. And since all of this news has started happening and there's been this trickle down and there's a little slowdown in the momentum from MLB to PDX because they're kind of just doing behind-the-scenes stuff, I've seen a lot more negativity from fans saying they don't want it, the location of the stadium is stupid, it'd be hard to get there, can you imagine the money? And I'm very interested as to why that switch happened like that. It was instant. It felt like that it was, everyone was on board, and now it seems more 50-50 people are on board. Well, I think it's because now people are starting to find out more and more about it, and and as we get closer into it happening, people are starting hopefully. to yeah, – Hopefully. you know. And, I, I mean, to be real, I'm, I'm not going to be a pessimist. I'm going to be optimistic that this happens. I need this to happen here in Portland. You I don't need even love that, baseball. I don't love baseball, but guess what? I love fun, and I love social gatherings, <laughs> and baseball is – And I've said it before on the show, man, baseball games are the most fun games to go to. Like, basketball games are awesome, football games are awesome, but if I see Jesse on the concourse at a a Seahawks game and he's there to watch the Broncos, I guarantee our interaction isn't going to be very long. You know, it's going to be really short. Hey, what's up, bud? Where are you at? Oh, okay, I'm over here. Okay, man. Hey, I'll see you Sunday. Yep. And, And that's going to be that. If I see you at a Blazer game, Lynch, and, you know, we're passing each other and it's not halftime, it's second quarter or something like that. Hey, man, where are you sitting? Oh, I'm in 107. Where are you at? I'm on 303. Okay, see you later. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be that's gonna be how that thing goes. Well, well see, see you later. later. You know, it's going to be Big just like son. that. But at a baseball game, we're going to have an opportunity to hang out and chill. And you want to go try one of these hot dogs over here? And beer's first, first round's on me. Like, we don't have to go watch the game until the sixth inning if you don't really want to. So that's the cool thing about that. But I think as people, as we get closer to it, now we're starting to worry about the traveling aspect of it. Now we're worried about parking and now you're worried about actually getting to the game and what 
that may mean as far as uh, the taxpayers here. And so I think there's a lot of things to consider and a lot of reasons why people would kind of be like off board. But at first it was just, it was a great idea. Baseball to Portland. Yeah, I'm on board. But now it's like, it's about to happen. It's like, well, wait a minute, hold on. You know, we said we wanted this, but what's it going to cost at the end, at the end of the day? Like, what's it going to cost us? If is my, is it going to be harder for me to commute on certain days to get to work because there's a game well, at, you know, at, seven six o'clock or whatever like i think those those are things that people are starting to consider in terms of financial cost hopefully it costs very little to nothing because that's what the portland diamond project is saying is that there's not going to be local taxpayer money used in this now that's been said before and then they go that route and they use local taxpayer money if they need to and they also haven't truly announced the big money behind this project they've announced some of the local names but there is big money from elsewhere that they have not yet announced due to various reasons i'm sure but um, they said that all the money is accounted for on their end. So as long as you believe them, which I think a lot of people are having trouble doing in, in the long term, I've seen a lot of people call them just a group that's trying to make a quick buck by selling merch and then disappears, which I don't think is true at all. But that's the conspiracy theory that I've seen out there. Um, I think the money is accounted for on their end, and I think you just got to trust them that they have that money that they're talking about because you wouldn't be taking all these steps without having that backing. Um in terms of what would it cost you life-wise, like regular people living their lives, um, it could be bad traffic-wise, right? If it said Terminal 2, it's going to be – there's really no easy way to get there. You'd have to take 405 to 30 and then kind of cut in towards towards the river there, which isn't really built to hold a large amount of traffic. So you'd probably have to build some sort of – a some sort of a off ramp that kind of goes in that direction, or maybe an extra road that's that's got more lanes or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about that terrible Fremont Bridge traffic. You know, at that point, that can that can happen right around four or five o'clock, and I'm thinking about that and thinking of them getting off and going towards the industrial area and what a nightmare that could look like. Now, mind you, a nightmare if the team is good. You know what I mean? Like if the team, I still think people in great, the city. I'm, support teams even when they're not good for the baseball is going to be different for the first for the first year it's going to be a packed house like almost every maybe a couple of years you know, it might last yeah. a couple of years but you know if there's no you know real progress behind the team uh immediately like after like you said maybe maybe three years you're going to see you know kind of what the race games look like now you know just the a few people in the crowd bad. it's not it, it might not be that bad but you know when the blazers were bad trust me i was there when the blazers were bad we were sitting in the 300s and we would just walk down to the 100 level and just sit there because nobody else was at the games like I remember those days and this was a the only professional team that you know you had in town and that was the case so as long as they're not bad then they'll be think you know they'll be right fine. if they're not like bad bad and depends on how even cool the stadium is even if they're okay it depends on how cool the stadium is you know I mean, for 17 see the renderings it looks yeah no awesome. but for you know let's say a, a ticket is 17 to 19 dollars just to get in uh man some 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 cool restaurants maybe inside uh, a couple cool uh, hot dog stands or anything some some gr- some great you know craft beer from here in Portland like yeah you're it's, it's gonna be a pretty good time well coming up next let's talk about the positive aspect of it too and also some text in the better you today text line five five three zero five because sure there might be negatives for people who don't give a rip about baseball and are just trying to commute home using the four hundred five bridge but. There's also going to be a ton of positives, not only for baseball fans, but for the city if if they choose Terminal 2. And there's also another option on the table that one of our texters brought up, which um, 
is still an, an open option that just has it's a backup plan. And I think I would like it better because it's better for us. So let's get to that next. But first, Jesse S Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.34 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you. Talking a little MLB to PDX at the moment. Text line is better you today. Text line 55305. Couple of texts from one of our P1s, Potter. People don't want to get their hopes up. It's Portland, and the city politics are awful. We have seen a lot of that. People think that the city is going to mess this up in some way, shape, or form by fighting tooth and nail over various details of the whatever proposals they're they're putting out in front of them, which I could see. I have I I've lived here now for what is it nine years, eight or nine years, so I haven't been here long enough to see things like this get killed by the city, but I've heard the stories of things like this being killed by the city. So this isn't the first time we've been in a situation where baseball could be coming to Portland. And at that point, and he's absolutely right, the city did everything they could to make sure that that did not happen. But right but, now you do have a mayor in Ted Wheeler who is very interested by this. And I think he's up for re-election soon. And if he wins, then that's good for baseball to Portland, right? Because it's going to keep the same, say what you will about Ted Wheeler, but if you're looking specifically at the MLB side, if you want baseball, I think you want him to stay because he's all for it. Whereas if you get another mayor who tries to shut it down, that's going to make well, that much more of a roadblock. We, you know, and, you know, politicians say a lot of things. So we think he's all for it. He said all the right things. But, you know, is this just an opportunity to well, be reelected because of, you know, so so, that, so that's good. But we're talking about the same city that banned professional wrestling for a long time, WWF couldn't come to Portland, would skip right over Portland because they couldn't uh, couldn't come here. So, yes, the the, the politics are definitely uh, at play at points, and I think that's why a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, we'll see. You know, we would like it to happen, but uh, we don't know. This text says street improvements, infrastructure such as power and sewage will be from taxpayer money. Yeah, that's probably true. If they really have to fix up that area, then I'm sure it'll come out of taxpayer money. Um for people and that's the thing i don't live over there and i think that's why why do i have to pay that and that's why i think a lot of people who don't like baseball who care less about this are saying that man my taxes that i already pay a lot of in most cases are gonna go up for a baseball team yeah hard pass so i think i I can i totally understand where a lot of people i get that thought process but i also look at it and say there will be development elsewhere in the city that your taxes will be used for too right it might not be as high of an increase because the baseball stadium is going to be a big overhaul but I think generally, especially with how Portland's been building up, you're always going to have higher taxes for infrastructure changes in the city because they're constantly happening. But in most cases, and for those, like those aren't necessarily causing issues for other people. You know, like the new apartment complex going up on 38th and whatever, you know, doesn't cause a problem for the guy that doesn't drive by 38th and takes the, you know, the downtown route or takes a route. Right, through, but that guy is still you know, paying those taxes. No, he is still paying. He is still, you know, paying those taxes. But now. Uh, I'm paying taxes and being inconvenienced at the same time. And I think that's where if the taxes already aren't a big enough inconvenience. Now I'm going to be stuck in 20 minutes more of traffic on game days. You know, that were, and I think that's where people are like, nah, I don't really necessarily like that. 
This is a text about the uh, conspiracy theory I mentioned last segment about how this is a scam to sell merch. He goes, the entire baseball movement's a merch selling scam. I give at least Mike Barrett and Russell Wilson a pass on that, even if Dangerous sells nano bubbles. Man, yeah, if you want merch, man, go to baseballism. Like, there's tons of it there, you know. So I don't think this is that. That's kind of silly to say that people. They're just drumming up interest, man. They they want to do this and they want the baseball team and they're trying to get the most support that they can so the merch helps that. Yeah, right? and especially if it's widespread throughout the the country and more and more people are talking about baseball to Portland, like that's well, a good thing. And if Major League Baseball is saying why pick Portland and you see all these people wearing MLB the PDX shirts and they have this huge thing already built and planned for you, then it's easier to pick the city too, right? You don't you don't want to just be oh hey we have a group and we might have a stadium. Well, I'm not hundred percent sure yet. You want to look at Portland and look at. Wow, look at all this support. Look at this petition that was signed. They have already renderings done for a stadium site. They've already pre-purchased, quote-unquote, a stadium site, a Terminal 2. They've got backup options in case that one falls through. They're prepared. They're ready to go. Oh, and they've got money behind them, um, which I'm sure they know who they are. Major League Baseball knows who the people are. Just We don't quite yet. Um, so it, it just kind of makes it look better to the MLB, too. So what I was talking about in terms of the positives is Let's just say they put it up at Terminal 2 like they're planning. Um, that is basically just Slab Town all the way down to the water from that point on, from Vaughn towards, I think it's Front Street is the one right on the river there, is all Slab Town. It's all industry. It's all factories. It's, you know, truck loading docks and all that kind of stuff. Um, could you imagine the the buildup of that area if the baseball stadium went in on the water? Because basically from Vaughn down, you get the 23rd has been built up almost completely now from Burnside down to Vaughn. It's all built up. There's restaurants, there's high rises everywhere. Right. And you still got some of the nice charm of the old Northwest alphabet district neighborhoods up there too. But at Vaughn, it kind of stops, right? There's still homes over there and this, there's still some stuff over there, but then it gets into the factories and you kind of get more towards the in industry. Imagine the positives of that for the city, more spaces for people to live, more restaurants, more cool things to do because you're going to want to connect the stadium to, I think, that 23rd area. So you're just going to have a straight shot from Vaughn all the way down to the to the river. That's going to be pretty. And I think that's pretty cool. I know that that'll be super cool. You know, aside from the new apartments and stuff like that, uh, new new bars, new breweries, you know, things that are themed around uh, your team at that point. Like for, from to my knowledge, I don't know of any Portland trailblazer bars now mind you, you can go to any of them and you know well, they're all obviously kind of yeah they're bars, all kind right? of blazer bars but what's the Here official the is that the official blazer bar in the, that in jacks is i'd that assume the, yeah like, you know but I, I don't know let me if somebody let me know on the better you today text line is that officially the blazers you know home spot you know and so to be able to have like a whatever the team is going to be named you know fiend bar or restaurant or whatever the case is just places to shop places to sit places to chill even after the game or when there is no you know game going on i think those things in will the, be in the off season you still want that area to be a place you want to go and, yeah and and think about this like there are a lot of really cool concerts now that are not held in you know basketball arenas anymore most of a lot of really cool ones are held at you know baseball stadiums football stadiums and so to all of a sudden have you know, that avenue to, to have a big, you know, festival or whatever the case is coming to Portland, like that opens that up as well. And if they build it a certain way, you could even have football games played there. Yeah, because we've absolutely. seen baseball stadiums host football games. It'd be kind of cool to see like the Ducks, maybe Civil War or I mean, maybe not because you don't want to lose the home crowd for that. But some Ducks or Beavers game 
being held at whatever the name of the stadium is. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, right? But that would be dope to have a Civil War played right here in Portland where they redid the, you know, I, I, uh, redid I the hesitate field. to say that. That was a little that was a little hasty on my part. That You don't want to get that out of the home field advantage for either of those teams. <laughs> I mean. It's a great game to put there, but in terms of the atmosphere that those fan bases want a home game for that, I don't think you could do that. I don't think you could put the Civil War there. Yeah, you're definitely taking away a home game from somebody. Yeah. But, and it, I, th- I assume it'd be pro-Ducks in that situation. Um, the the other backup plan that actually excites me a lot, it's super selfish because, well, where we work, but the Zadell Yards is still for sale. I've heard that it's a strange kind of situation down there for what they're trying to sell, how much land they're trying to sell, all that kind of stuff. But it's right here on the South Waterfront, right down by the OHSU buildings, um, you know, where the, the little – I forget what it's called, a little ball that goes across up to OHSU – it's right over there. It's kind of where that ship building and fixing yard is right down here on the South waterfront. Imagine putting a stadium there again. I think infrastructure wise, maybe it's actually better. I mean, it's still, you're on kind of one lane roads down there and you got to get off the highway to get there, but maybe it's better because it's right near I five. So it'd be easier to kind of get off and on, but I just like it selfishly because imagine getting off from primetime at 7 p.m. and just walking down the street to a game. <laughs> yeah, be amazing. That, that would be pretty cool. Or more than that, doing games or, you know, doing shows from yeah. uh, the, the on location, you know, at well, the baseball I think, stadium. I think that, that would, would cool. happen anyway, but having it be this convenient would be nice. No, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm sure Rick wouldn't mind, you know, not having to go super, super far to get everything set up. So, so I mean, it, there are a lot of different, you know, ways to feel about it. I, I think overall I'm, I'm – excited about it happening you know I'm, I'm mind pumped, you man. i don't live downtown and i don't really have to drive downtown so for me like the the afternoon traffic isn't really uh, a huge huge deal so Same um, for me as well yeah so it, it, i don't really look at it that way but i could understand why people would have you know certain reservations about it but overall you're looking at something that's going to bring more money to your city you're looking at something that's going to bring more jobs and opportunity uh to the city which is which is great um right i guess, I guess there's positives you might you might have to pay some tax money for the infrastructure. Yeah, it's but then the happen. money will come back in from the team. Yeah, it's going to happen. So it might not go right to your pocket. Yeah, but and it will, I think it will help the city. And I think making sure fans and you know, but not even just fans, but residents kind of understand that it's you know a give and take you know type of thing in that situation. So I mean, I look forward to it. It's another fun thing to do in the city. I've never really done anything sports wise in July in August. You know, here well, in Portland, outside of playing actual sports, like go there's to not a whole game, Rashad. I mean, yeah, those, those are cool too. I mean, they're fun. No, don't get me wrong. I, I like Timbers games. That is tough. However, there's a great chance that that game ends in a zero zero. No. Uh, oh, excuse me, nil, nil, nil. Is that what it is? I mean, you can say zero zero. It's okay. Okay, great. Zero it is zero, zero tie. Though, like. Yeah. So there's a there's a great chance that happens. So uh, I think a baseball game would be awesome. A few of them and some beers. Eighty one a year. Eighty one a year and some hot dogs with you know a whole bunch of stuff on top of it. And you get a lot of local food there too. Yeah, now, p- picture this: Have you been? You've been to AT and T Park in San Francisco, in I, San Francisco. I have not. Jesse, have you been there? I've walked by. It looks really cool from the outside. Okay, so you've been to that neighborhood. Yes. Um, have you walked by AT and T Park? I have. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. So, AT and T Park is on a tiny plot of land in downtown San Francisco, right on the bay, and it's right there. And right across the street, there's a bar and a restaurant. And right next to it, there's a bar and a restaurant. And you walk down, I think it's called the Esplanade or something, all the way down to the stadium if you want, walk down the river. And there's food and stuff all 
all in the city to your right and you're walking on the water to your left and it's just a really cool place to take in a game obviously because it's beautiful but that neighborhood thrived once they put that in there right i saw pictures of petco park in san diego another downtown stadium what that neighborhood looked like before they put petco park in it was similar to our Slabtown neighborhood. There's a lot of, you know, flat industrial buildings. Now that place is insane. There are restaurants everywhere. It is right downtown. It's beautiful. Or it could look like Safeco, which is just an industrial and there's really nothing around it. Well, but that's on Seattle for not fully building that up. And they still are kind of building that up, right? Yeah. CenturyLink is there. There's apartments there. There are breweries and restaurants there. It's just back on, on the backside of it is the trains and the, and the industry up there. But they are, they are connecting it. It's just taking longer. Whereas if we've seen the MLB to PDX plans, they're making that place cool right away. They're putting in the apartments and the restaurants and all that kind of stuff. And knowing Portland, I think that would really push a lot of development in that area too. But you're right. It could not happen. It could be like Seattle, and it could take a long time because that stadium has been up there for quite some time. Yeah, it's been a while. They changed the name. Uh, they have still changed not done. it. It's now the pink, which I hate. <laughs> I'm not calling it that. Um, all right. Coming up next, let's dive into the NBA Finals. Game two is today right here on the fan, by the way, between the Raptors and the Warriors. Five o'clock tip. Uh, Raptors are up 1-0. Are you surprised? That's next here on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Final segment of our first hour. Moving on from baseball to Portland to the NBA Finals. Game one was on Thursday. Game two is today. Game three is Wednesday because the NBA hates its fans and get, wants to give two days off between the first three games for some ungodly reason. Then, there, then it goes Friday, Sunday, I think, after that. So they go back to a somewhat normal schedule. But um, game one went the way of Toronto, 118-109, the final over the Warriors. And I, I teased it, and that was what I, I said at the end of the last segment. Were you surprised by this result in game one? Um, no. Uh, I did think, I think I said they'd win by five. Toronto? Yeah, and they won by, what, nine, uh, nine? So I wasn't super, super far off. Um, Steph did Steph things. Number nine? You know, uh, 34 points, five rebounds, five assists. You know, Clay did Clay things. You know, didn't do as many of them, but still had 21 and five. Um, here's the cold part, and I, I kind of feel like I'm watching that game and I just feel like Golden State never took them seriously. From the start of that game, they never had, like, I never felt like they, they were trying their hardest. They didn't have they, an edge. They, yeah, there was, they were just kind of out there just, you know, just letting things happen, you know, to them. And a part of me was like, is it just them being arrogant? Or is this really just Toronto that's, you know, really in their face with everything? Because there were things that Golden State was trying to do that they typically get away with and it just wasn't happening. Like, they were getting beat on the fast break. Like, Golden State would score, and all of a sudden, somebody, Siakam is streaking out, you know, down, uh, down the court the other way, almost kind of like a Draymond Green and finishing with an easy layup. That transition defense isn't something we're used to seeing from Golden State. 
Steph is doing his thing. He usually throws this really ugly bad pass, and I hate it. So he gets kind of trapped, and then he'll, like, throw it over his head to his teammate. And, man, Toronto's length, they were taking it away. They were in their face for every jump shot. Like, Steph shot four for nine from three, which is still great. And then Clay went three for six and everything. So, I mean, from three-point, they still did, you know, what – we're Those not two are used fine. to seeing them used as to seeing team, them do as a team they only shot 38% from three and that's the thing unusual. like without Kevin Durant like this team is not the same and now Iguodala is I don't know if he's a game time decision he, he's Jesse. likely to play yeah so Iguodala if he's not right and he can't go Jordan Bell don't expect him to give you a whole lot of offense uh Draymond Green I was looks- surprised they started Jordan Bell I I was I was very I think it was because Gasol plays so far out that they wanted someone more athletic to be able to play defense on him. Thought it was bold, but I don't know if it necessarily worked. I thought the, I thought it was bold. Gasol played really well. <laughs> Just yeah, um, Marc Gasol was was awesome. And, or twenty points and seven boards. Yeah, Mark Marc Gasol. We forget that he was a defensive player of the year, and you forget that I think Serge Ibaka. I think we talked about it last week. Finished third in that voting the year that Gasol won, and then you have Kawhi, who's won it twice. Siakam is a really good defender. Danny Green is a great defender. Like, you've got guys, you've got length that you can throw at Golden State, and I think that's uh, where they struggle. Draymond always kind of struggles with longer athletic, you know, defenders. That's where he has a, a bit of an issue. And, man, Siakam, although Draymond did have a triple-double. the Raptors team. And that's, that's the whole team. You know, the whole team is full of, full of bulldogs that will get in you. Kyle Lowry is a great defender. You know, while he's not – He's not long. No, he's not long, but he's bulky, and he's going to be able to push you around. And there is nice just way of no, saying he's chubby. Really. No, I mean no, I mean no. He's not like he's <laughs> not. He's chubby, but he's a he's it's it's effective. And I say chubby, but he's in better shape than I could ever imagine oh, to course. be right now. You know, so. But again, that body length and that body mass that he has makes it hard for you know defenders to just kind of or uh, offensive players to kind of push him around. So you're looking at a bunch of dudes that defenses really what they do and they got all up in golden state and without kevin durant i think they have a real problem because that length is a big issue well to answer my own question i was not surprised either part of me thought game one first nba finals game ever in toronto the crowd is going to be nuts the warriors just came off having like a week and a half off whereas the raptors just only had four days off you i felt like you kind of saw that early you saw the warriors a little clunky they were a little bit rusty and it kind of lasted the whole game now they, they made their runs and they got within two or three a couple of times and I, I i will admit the entire game i was waiting for them to catch up and take the lead again they were only down by 10 or 15 and you're like yeah we were all the, thinking it 10 or 15 is nothing for the warriors and it almost happened a couple times but the raptors every time punched back and got right back into the game with their nine point lead um but I was not surprised because of the circumstances of the game. I actually saw this a lot on social media before the game. A ton of people said Raptors win game one, but Warriors win in five or six. Or basically the Raptors are going to have so much energy in this game because they're home and it's their first game that they're going to be able to do it. Whereas the Warriors will then adjust like they always do and scream away for the rest of the series, which I still think is probably going to happen. But, and we'll talk about this next, the Raptors defense, Kawhi Leonard, and how about Pascal Siakam? Might not let that happen. And Kevin Durant still hurt for game two. That's all coming up next hour, plus hater to love it at 1030. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.